the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Well, folks, it is, uh, it's still flurrying out. Quite a bit of snow out there, but uh, it is Friday. Hope a little clearer during. This has been a rough winter. My goodness, has this been a rough winter? Today is, in fact, it's Friday. It's February 19th. It's also a Friday in Lent. No meat today. <laughs> and we still have another week of February to go it is uh at some point there's going to be good news but there's not a lot of good news it's going to be a flurrying through most of the day and then uh tomorrow it should stop no it should uh it it actually it will be snowing until sometime uh late tonight and then tomorrow looks like weekend dry and then some rain on monday to get rid of some of the snow and then next week, uh, at least it'll start to warm up a little bit. But it has been a tough winter. Well, a couple of different things on this Friday. First of all, um, the situation yesterday with the COVID press briefing, it is, um, it's not working. Rhode Island government is, is right now, uh, I don't remember it being as broken as it is right now, where Governor Mundo has one foot out the door now. Keep in mind, in Washington, why is Governor Mundo still the governor? Well, she's waiting for a full Senate vote, full Senate vote on her confirmation for Commerce Secretary. Made it out of committee, but now she's waiting for the full Senate vote uh, that has to go to the floor. Now, something that also comes into play with this is there was a senator who put a hold on her nomination because he was not happy with the fact of what exactly uh, is her position regarding China with commerce. And there's a Chinese communication company. Well, a problem is that that senator is Ted Cruz. And Ted Cruz is in a, I, I think it's an overblown controversy, but he's in a controversy. Texas is a mess with their power outages. And then mistakenly, um, I mean, there's several different things that could have been done, uh, but he and his family thought, hey, maybe we'll get out of town and go to Cancun. The only problem is when you're, one of two senators, and you think about it, he had a he had a tight race. Well, not he, in the end, it, it, it was a high profile race, I should say, against that Beto O'Rourke. But Cruz is definitely someone the the Democrats would like to knock out, and he also decided maybe he'd get out of town. But it was not in a situation when everyone around you doesn't have power. Unfortunately, he needed to gut it out, and he really needed to look for a situation where he could have been trying to help people, and help his image and truly help people instead of deciding to head it out of town. I, I can understand as a family and they thought, you know, we're freezing, uh, but everyone around you is. And the idea of you're not just anyone, let's just zip off to Cancun. Um, if if uh, his family had done that, I think they'd be OK. But he unfortunately needed to stay behind. And now he's in a little bit of a he's he's in. I mean, this is the amount of attention on this is unbelievable. He has protesters out in front of his house. They want him to resign. And this lead, the reason why I'm even mentioning this is because he needs a distraction. And one way to do that would be to uh, go after Governor Mundo and the Biden administration with the, the whole situation with China. As far as this situation where now today, later today at five o'clock, incoming Governor Dan McKee, he's going to have his own Zoom COVID briefing. Now, folks, I mean, this is uh, bordering on tone deaf. Um, He actually would have been better off doing it yesterday, a Friday at five o'clock. There's no one paying attention. That's normally considered like a news dump. So he is, I I don't know what's happening. It's ill-conceived. He did not want to go on stage yesterday. He didn't go to the briefing. By the way, I'm not saying I blame him because that Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott, if you heard any of the briefing yesterday, as I've said in the past, she um, she she's not cut out for it. It's not her strong suit. Um, when it comes to the Rhode Island Department of Health, Dr. McDonald seems to be better at it, but th- th- that's really not their role. So I don't want to be too harsh on her or anyone from there, but she gets up and po- paints this rosy picture. The, the vaccine rollout in Rhode Island, as I have been saying, is an unmitigated disaster. It's terrible. It's not organized. There are people getting it who shouldn't be getting it. There are other people waiting to get it who haven't 
received it. The whole thing. And they're standing up there trying to say that it's great and it's going great. And that's all they ever say. Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott, Rhode Island Department of Health, she is starting to become a little bit of like Baghdad Bob and continues to say, you know, everything is great. Everything's rosy. Governor Mundo's brilliant. She reiterated that yesterday. Um, <clears throat> it's um, it's like they're living in the past and the governor won't say anything now. And Governor Mundo's counting down the days. But this could go on because we don't know what day next week. There's still, uh, you know, they've been out this week on winter break, meaning the, the Senate. So they've been out. They still need to come back. There's still um, a lot of bad blood over what happened with the Senate um, impeachment, plus now the whole stuff with Cruz, and that's then flamed up. So Governor Mundo, we don't know when this is going to happen. This could easily lead into March. In this situation where incoming Governor McKee does not have the power to do what he really wants to do, and Governor Mundo, so her staff is left, and they're leaving, so they don't care. And the fact that you could be, if, if they're not... Central Falls in Providence, you, you could be 18 years old, you go and they give you the vaccine. It shouldn't be that way. You still have el you know older people that should be getting it. Now, they're saying, well, starting Monday, it's going to be 65 and under. But already there are people, you can be under the age of 65 and make an appointment. And this business, I, I've, I've never liked this idea of Dr. Scott, where, well, you know, we have to take care of Providence and Central Falls and they... This is all about equity, and they need special attention, and they need to get special privileges, and they need to be treated differently than everyone else with the vaccine. But as I've said, she certainly didn't have that attitude when it came down to restrictions. When it was restrictions, oh, my goodness, you can't punish those poor people, and this is terrible, and how dare you try to treat them differently, and this is about equity and inclusion and diversity. But suddenly when it comes to the vaccine, she feels, oh, they should absolutely, an 18-year-old person in Central Falls who doesn't speak English, they should get the vaccine over a uh, you know white male taxpayer in the town of Lincoln who happens to be 80 years old. I mean, there's no rhyme or reason to it. It doesn't make sense. It's not effective. Uh, this, this falls on Governor Mundo because when it was crunch time to really get the vaccine underway, her attention was on getting ready for the nomination. And now, by the way, from what we understand, her full focus is working on commerce and trying to get up to speed on that and what she's going to do when she gets there. So there's no one minding the store. And, you know, the best case scenario would be if sometime on Monday or Tuesday, the Senate held a vote and then they did, in fact, uh, confirm her. But Instead, there's, there's no guarantee of, of that happening. So this continues. Now, also, just to follow up from yesterday, yesterday I broke the news about this person. They have different titles. He's not the head of the city council or town council. They call it first warden. But basically, he is the top Democrat on Block Island. And if you go to the website, topetro.com, as I broke it yesterday, there he is in blackface. And the thing about it is, if this were, it, it's just a hypocrisy. I mean, this guy, um, it, it, this whole business of blackface, if that were a Republican, uh, you know whether it's, um, and by the way, the leader of Black Lives Matter is saying it's a disgrace. But if this were a Republican in Rhode Island, the party, all the leaders, that Seth Magaziner and that Nelly Gobia and Mayor Lord, they'd all be screaming the person needs to resign and the progressives. I mean, think of this. They wanted that rep, Justin Price. They wanted him to resign because he went to Washington, D.C. on January 6th. He wasn't accused of any wrongdoing. There's no evidence he went inside the Capitol. They wanted him to resign. You have a Democrat, full blackface, and they are completely silent. The hypocrisy, folks, it just, it just gets tiresome after a while. These people are a joke. They're so predictable. And, and also, you know, it's it's terrible the way they try to depict now. They make things up about the late Rush Limbaugh and everyone, you know, it, it all falls in the same to them. If you liked Rush, you're a white supremacist, you're a racist, you know, Rush was encouraging people to go to the cap. I mean, it's non-stop with that crowd. Uh, they don't even see the frauds that they are. You take, if there was any Republican office holder uh, in blackface, if he's a Republican, they're screaming for him 
to resign. But then the Democrat, just like the governor of Virginia, gets a free pass. If you haven't seen it, log on to the website, petro.com and it's all right there. But this uh, this COVID vaccine, it is a disaster. Falls at the feet of Governor Armando. And I'm just not sure where the um, the light at the end of the tunnel is. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. The heating season is here. Folks, you need to call JKL Engineering today. JKL 401-351-7600. Let JKL Engineering design and install a natural gas high-efficiency carrier Infinity System, the energy efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If you think no gas, hey, guess what? No problem. Let JKL Engineering design and install a high efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high efficiency gas boilers. JKL is Carry Factory authorized dealer. Licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 50 years, JKL's reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved national grid BPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL, system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Remember, estimates are free, financing is available. They're licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call JKL Engineering right now, residential or commercial, at 401 351 7600. JKL, they'll do it right the first time. Now call them. You don't want to get stuck with an inefficient heating system. What if it starts to get really cold? Call JKL right now. Free quote, free estimate. Estimates are free, financing is available. 401 401- 351-7600, Rhode Island, Massachusetts. It's JKL Engineering, 401-351-7600. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. <clears throat> we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, Petro.com. It's time for our legal segment with our legal expert, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. It is attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim, I want to start off. Um, I think like I think like me, you share the fact that um, I mean, Rush Limbaugh, I mean, the guy transformed the medium. It, he really paved the way for Fox News. And what a lot of people don't realize, especially now, people forget that, um, you know, the, the, the media bias that's out there it was it was always out there. But he was really the first one to start to call them on it and show the bias that exists and just pave the way from, you know, now you have, 
Newsmax and you have Fox and just, you know, President Trump being Trump. But he, I mean, Rush is really the one that carried the Reagan mantle. And, and the guy completely transformed politics and media. Well, he was an he was an American original, John. There's never been anyone like him. Whether you loved his uh, opinions or hated his opinion, you had to listen to him. He was very listenable. Um, he was extremely quick. Uh, he was witty. He was thoughtful. Um, he would pre- present his opinions and set them up factually in a very unique way that kept you listening. Um, he drove the left crazy. Uh, you're right. He came into his own during the, um, the Reagan years and really helped to solidify the Reagan agenda and the Reagan brand of conservatism. But it is interesting that Rush used to say that, you know, he thought his show was better when there was a Democrat in office because it certainly gave him um, a better punching bag to um, point out some of the, um, the um, crazy things that some of the leftist administrations that we've had have tried to accomplish. Um, It's, it's, it's a loss, I think for the body, for the body politic, whether, whether you liked him or hated him, he was, an important piece of the political discourse, whether you're from the left or from the right, he had a seat, he had an important seat at a large table where many opinions should have been allowed. Many opinions should have been, you know, celebrated, if you will. Um, I, I think that if Russia had been around for much longer, he might've seen some of this, um, cancel culture thing going on and yep. uh, there would have been an attack on his advertisers. I think that he would have been the last to go down and he wouldn't have gone down without a fight. Yeah. But um, what he was able to do in the eighties and the nineties and the two thousands. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I, the left is coming for him and anyone who espouses a similar opinion. Yeah. Um, He'll, he'll be difficult, if not impossible, to replace. There's yeah. lots of Actu- folks out there, but there's yeah. no, no actually one who, impossible. Actually no one, impossible to. No to one replace. does it like him. No, they don't. Well, Tim, let's talk about and start off with uh, what we saw over the weekend. As much as uh, people are saying they weren't surprised, it, it definitely um, went as every trial does. And you've said this, uh, you know, it can go into different directions. I thought it was interesting on Saturday that initially Saturday morning they were like. Well, maybe we're going to have witnesses here. They didn't go with witnesses. Uh, but I'd like to hear some of your thoughts on the machinations regarding the impeachment trial of President Trump. Well, it, it pretty much went as predicted. Um, the head count suggested that there was no way that the president was going to be convicted. Um, the evidence that was put on by the House managers was the same um, Allegations without any factual um, research, investigation, or anything else. Um, It was an impeachment that didn't have any investigation. It was an impeachment that didn't have any witnesses. Um, How they came to the conclusion they came to so rapidly without speaking to anybody, without putting on any testimony, it can be done because it's a political trial. It's not a legal trial. And the same was true when the House managers put up their case in the Senate. It was all speculation. This could have happened. This might have happened. Um, not really enough to connect what the president allegedly did to what the ultimate result was with folks storming the Capitol. Um I think one of the most telling things said during, I think it was during the closing, one of uh, Trump's attorneys said that an individual gets more due process rights fighting a parking ticket than the president got fighting this this, um, impeachment trial. Think about that. And, And that lawyer was correct. You do have more due process rights in any courtroom. Fighting anything, civil cases, criminal cases, what have you, than what the president had in this, you know, farce that went on in the Senate. 
again, the, we've talked about it. The, 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 those in control right now, if they don't like the rules, change the rules. Right. To have Pat Leahy running the show here was a joke. It should have never happened. Um, the guy who was clearly biased from the get-go, um, the fact that these senators um, voted on a basically a party line vote that this was a constitutional proceeding um, should be a historical embarrassment for everyone who voted to say that this was a constitutional proceeding. There were so many departures from constitutional standards in conducting this trial. Um, you would hope that the history books write about it, but as we've said before, it depends who writes the history books as to what's going to get in there. Tim, what about uh, <clears throat> the president's uh, legal team in that interview where he was saying that the reporter was basically glossing over that some uh, some evidence was doctored? That is true. They added a check mark on a tweet. They changed the year on a tweet. That they they did they did uh, you know you can argue people can argue how significant it was, but they they did actually change some evidence. Well, they did change some evidence. They changed a tweet from. 2020 to 2021, if I'm not yep. mistaken, Correct. to make it seem like it was more linked in and had a closer nexus to these events than it really did. And um, I think the lawyer was Michael Vanderveen. Yeah. Um, he went on, I don't know, one of the CBS uh, online. Yeah. <laughs> CBS. That, that anchor got taken to school. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was a smackdown like you don't see too often. Yep. Um, she was essentially trying to say, well, you know, the, 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 the things that the house managers got wrong, they were little things like check marks. Right. And the, the attorney for Trump was not having it, like saying, are you condoning this? Don't you think this is important? Don't you think that the media should be investigating it? Um, things that, you know, we talk about week in and week out that, you know, there, there's really no reporting. There's no investigation. Right. Um, this anchor who asked the question, didn't really want to let the attorney give an answer. I'm sure she had some producer in her ear trying to pull it back over to, right. to where, what she wanted to talk about. Yep. But uh, Vanderveen <clears throat> took her to school. It was really yeah. something to see. And, you know, that sometimes when you see lawyers doing their thing, um, it, it's, it's, it's a fun thing to watch a good yep. lawyer in action. It was, um, Rather satisfying. Tim Dodd, what about the fact there was a legal analyst in the New York Times that wrote, you know, he, th he thought that the whole angle they took was wrong, the impeachment managers, to try to prove that he uh, basically was to blame for an insurrection. Um, I, his name escapes me, but the, his basic genesis of what he was saying was what they should have done was they should have gone after him on dereliction of duty and said and, and zeroed in more on the timeline that once he was told what was happening that he didn't do enough to stop it because they were saying you know that they, they even themselves said the night before someone supposedly planted some pipe bombs they they they, they were trying to say he gave the speech and set everyone down uh and and it seemed to be easily deflected um what about that that thought that they they picked the wrong by the way this person was also saying he thought it was a very tough hill to climb to get it you know you're talking about 17 republicans to flip but just felt that, you know, they, they kind of get into a rabbit hole, but pulling all these old speeches out and fight and all this other stuff. And he had been telegraphing for a long time and and uh, basically saying they should have narrowed it down to like the timeline of what went on that afternoon. Well, I, I think that I think that the, the guy from New York, the New York Times had a very good point. Yeah. But, you know, in part, that's what happens when you rush to judgment. That's right. what happens when you don't do your factual investigation. Yep. And, you know, the, the, the House was so hell-bent on getting a conviction, excuse me, on getting an impeachment. Right. Basically on a vote, without any evidence, without any witnesses, without any facts, without anything. They were just rushing to judgment, and they were just trying to throw this up against the wall and see if it would stick. Yeah. And we've talked in the past. I, I don't think that the president's speech 
is responsible really for what happened. I think a lot of it was pre-planned. It was organized. Um, uh, and many folks are now being charged with criminal conspiracy. Um, and there clearly shows there was weeks of planning by some um, that they knew they were going to go in no matter what the president said or did. But the president goes back to the White House. He's watching this unfold on television. Right. He's got advisors saying, you've got to do something. You've got to make a call. You've got to get back and make a speech. You've got to do something. Right. And the president either liked what he saw, yeah. didn't understand the implications both for the um, – loss of life and the danger that um, members of Congress were subjected to. Um, I'm sure he didn't really fully appreciate not only the moral issue of, you know, people getting killed or dying from as a result of their involvement in this incident and the danger that senators and Congress people were legitimately put faced with. That was a legitimate yeah. danger. Yeah. Um, Clearly, he clearly didn't understand the political implications of sitting on his hands when many would see, especially in the media and on the left, that his speech had started this all in the first place. Mm. So did he, miss, did he simply miss it? Did he have a tin ear for what this would mean for him politically and historically? Uh, it, it's, it's hard to figure how a guy that called it right many times got this so atrociously wrong. But even, yeah. John, if the House managers and if the House had um, impeached basically on a dereliction of duty argument, I don't think he would have been convicted. I think they could right. have, I agree. with their numbers, they could have impeached him for anything, just for breathing. Sure. But yeah. um, I don't think that that would have been sufficiently criminal um, mm. to warrant a conviction. But the fact is, I think that the House did pick the wrong target. Right. And, or, if nothing else, they could have had a two-count impeachment um, mm. for the, before the event and then after the right. event. Why the they, they put all their eggs in that one basket, and I think that yeah. was a tactical error. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more legal analyst attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates. FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508 336-2110-508-336-2110. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. We're in an accident. Someone hits your vehicle. It's damaged in some way. Pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 272 3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 272 
3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them 401-272-3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly totaled vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. We're speaking with our legal uh, expert. He's Rhode Island uh, attorney, Tim Dodd. And Tim, the lawsuits are still flying in the aftermath of uh, the election. And then even what, what do you make of this NAACP? I believe uh, one of the leaders is, is launching a lawsuit against the president and Rudy Giuliani as a result of what happened at the Capitol on January 6th. I, I still don't see in any way where, where this is where race is tied in with this whole thing. No, I, I, I agree. I don't, I don't see the merit of the case, but I think that. The plaintiffs in that case, at least for openers, have got what they want. Um, it's another media report. Oops, the president's legal woes continue. Oops, the president's sure. been sued again. Um, every day, every week, there's new lawsuits being filed. Some may have more merit than others. Uh, I'm certainly somewhat skeptical as to how much merit this particular lawsuit has. Um, anything's possible, but I, I don't think this case goes anywhere. But if, if you're looking to get some uh, mileage politically out of something, um, they got, they got some political mileage out of it. It's, it's yeah. some, gave the media something to, to crow about, you know, for a few days. Um, it keeps the president on defense, if you will. I don't think he's going to lose any sleep over this particular lawsuit. Um, mm. I, I don't think it has legs, John. What about uh, the latest we're hearing now is that the Dominion voting systems, that they basically are their next target is now. Uh, and, and I like one of them. I think the CEO said, boy, he is itching for a lawsuit. and He's going to get his wish. But it's uh, they're now going to go after Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy. Well, yeah, Mike Lindell, you know, had a had a nice little business going. Not a little yeah. business. I think I read a report that he's worth like three hundred million dollars yes. or something like that from selling pillows, yeah. um, mm. which which is a great trick if you can pull it off. Um, and he's done it very successfully. Um, he became a very high profile critic and. Uh, of the elect of the election of the um, Dominion systems um, and um, spoke frequently about his theories on the election fraud that he perceived happened during this election cycle. Uh, most recently, um, I believe he self-produced uh, what something called absolute proof or some pay. Yes. He paid, um, I think it's One America News for an hour, yep. of two hours of time to yep. run this infomercial. Yeah. Um, in it, he makes many, it was a rehash. Many, yeah. It's a rehash. He makes many <clears throat> allegations. Um, he talked to several people, uh, more anecdotal than expert. Um, right. Folks were on. Um, Dominion says we're going to sue Mike Lindell. Like Mike Lindell's already catching it. Um, he's losing um, places where he can advertise his product. Um, certain media outlets don't want him on. He's losing some of his social media outlets. Um, so he's taking a hit from a business yeah. standpoint because he's being canceled left and right. Yeah. So, right. Dominion, so Dominion says we're going to sue him. Mike Lindell says, good, please sue me. I want you to sue me so we can oh. pursue some discovery um, wow. as to all these uh, alleged Dominion machine voting irregularities. Now, maybe he can prove the irregularities and maybe he can't. But as we've said before, 
a lawsuit is a wonderful place to really drill down and try to find the evidence that proves your position. So far, none of the Trump people have really, in, in my view, laid it out in an understandable way, fact-driven and supported with, you know, other, other expert testimony or evidence to prove the fraud that they allege happened with these machines. Um, maybe they can do it. Maybe they can't. Um, and just like the House managers might have picked the wrong um, approach when trying to convict the president because they picked one avenue versus a different avenue, certainly maybe there's something to this Dominion uh, machine um, ability to corrupt them. And maybe it's true, maybe it isn't. But for, in my view, not enough has been discussed how in many states, including Rhode Island, we've had this absurd mail-in situation right. where everyone gets mailed a ballot, yep. whether you ask for yes. it or not. Um, there's no notary requirement. There's no witness requirement, all because allegedly due to this pandemic right. situation. Now, is that going to go away or is that going to stay? Because to me, nationally, that was a much easier agreed avenue yes. for, for committing yes. fraud than trying to manipulate voting yes. machines. And there should be more of an outcry saying, of course, the rebuttal is, well, you can't prove the fraud. Well, if, no, you can't prove the fraud if you can't really look at the ballots and see where they're coming from and if they're witnessed and if they're notarized. Right. But that, to me, is a much agree. riper area for rampant yeah. fraud. But can, that, can I that prove has, it? I no. can't prove it, but I know and it that happened. That has nothing to do with Dominion or Smartmatic, though. So that's the no, problem. But, but I agree with you. That's the area but, to go. What about that uh, Maria Bartiromo? Lou Dobbs and Gene Piero, they're filing motions for dismissal in Smartmatic lawsuits. So that will now make its way through the system where then, you know, that that motion will be heard. But if that goes forward, I, I think they're uh, they're way out on the diving board here. <clears throat> I don't think the case gets dismissed no. when when a defendant moves to dismiss a case at this stage, yep. um, claiming that there's no factual basis. The reviewing court um, in most jurisdictions, and I believe in all federal courts, the judge is obligated to look at the facts in the light most favorable to the non-moving party, meaning when the judge looks at the Dominion complaint against these folks, he's got to, he or she has to look at the facts in the light most favorable to Dominion. Yeah. So... When that is the standard, it becomes a really steep climb um, to get a case dismissed at this stage right. before any discovery is taken. Yeah. Um, Piero and Bartiromo and the others are all saying, well, we showed both sides of the mm -hmm. stories. Um, we offered uh, re reporting on both allegations of corruption of the machines, and we also offered reporting on, you know, Dominion uh, people and others saying that the machines were not corruptible. Um, is that enough? It might be when it gets to a jury, but it's not going to be enough at this stage for the judge to toss the no. case. It's not going to happen. Folks, quick break. A lot more. Our uh, legal expert attorney, Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. This winter, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401 5210200 make henry oil make the switch make henry oil your reliable affordable fuel oil delivery company 401 5210200 residential commercial fuel oil delivery fuel oil diesel gasoline reliable affordable fuel oil delivery it's henry oil serving most of Rhode Island and southeastern mass call them today 401 521 Zero two hundred. Remember, with Henry Oil, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. Check out their website, henryoil.com, or call them today, 401-521-0200. 
Henry Oil. Since 1947, they have a great family history, and they are just terrific. You can depend on Carmine and Lori and the great folks at Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Check them out online at henryoil.com. Residential and commercial fuel oil delivery, service contracts, budget plans, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass., it's Henry Oil. Call them 401-521-0200. This winter, I'm asking you to switch to Henry Oil online at henryoil.com. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799 that's 401-321-2799 or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com folks remember for all your tree service well you want to call Yankee Tree call them today 401-439-6028 Yankee Tree Service yankeetreeservice.com what can they do they do it all tree trimming experts based right in lincoln tree removal since 2006 and also 24 7 emergency service available call yankee tree service today 439-6028 439-6028 whether it's tree removal stump grinding tree pruning emergency service bucket truck at service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at yankee tree service their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best the treatment plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439 6028 439 6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439 6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com speaking with uh dan mcgowan of the boston globe and dan just finish up on that um about i i was surprised when uh, the mayor of cranston ken hopkins said oh and he he rattled off mayor lorza kind of along with this contingent of other mayors that feel that basically at this point, Governor Mundo should step aside, Lieutenant Governor McKee take over. And you're saying when clarified that that is not necessarily the case. Yeah, the, the mayor, Mayor Lorza is trying to kind of be nice with the other mayors. And of course, he wants to be in good with Dan McKee, just like everybody else. And historically, he hasn't. So I think avoiding, you know, you aren't seeing very many people rush to Gina Raimondo's side on this, um, but he's also making it pretty clear, uh, his, certainly his his aides had said to me yesterday, they're not calling for her to resign. They, they sort of, they kind of stay out of that fight. What is true is, I, I think what you're seeing more and more, and, and you're seeing in part because of what these mayors are saying is, there's real confusion about who's in charge, about Ooh. who, you know, and, and remember, it's not, the way these things work, as you know, is not, it's not like Jorge Alorza always calls Gina Raimondo when he needs something, right? It's about no. the staff. It's about, yes. it's about, who, you know, who's the chief of staff? Who's the person in charge? Who's the person who has the governor's ear? And right now you're in a tough situation where you have you know, you have to go to the governor's people and then they don't tell the the McKee people. And then you go back to the McKee people and they have maybe, whether it's a different idea or just a different way of explaining things, uh, you have real kind of confusion among the municipal leaders. Dan McGowan, what what was your reaction when Lieutenant Governor McKee put out that statement the other day criticizing the current administration? And the line that jumped out at me is, once I'm governor and I receive all the information, my God, I mean, what exactly is going on behind the scenes? I, I can't figure out this lieutenant governor's uh, communication strategy except to say that uh, I think he 
I think he's practicing the old line of, uh, uh, you know, uh, blame your predecessor because he it's so interesting. He he puts out statements. You know, remember that we had this conversation weeks ago where he was very critical of Governor Raimondo. And then, you know, they let him on stage and he walked it all back kind of and said, you know, we're working great. We're working hand in hand. Then, you know, on, on a pretty sleepy Monday, a President's Day kind of comes out with a pretty strong statement. You know, he's looking at the numbers here. He's seeing, I'm sure he's listening to talk radio and watching the news and seeing, you know, people very concerned. And so then he puts out another statement. The thing is, is it's very all over the place because it is true. It has been true all along that the communication between the two offices has been, uh, at the very least, the transition has not been very smooth. Um, but this was the first time that I think, uh, it really got under the Ramundo team's skin. I think it always Ooh. does because no one likes to be criticized. But if you saw how Monday played out, I think you had the governor's uh, communications director kind of take to Twitter to, yeah. uh, you know, I issue saw that Josh Block. Yeah, yeah, his own statement. <clears throat> Still aren't hearing the governor. The governor, remember, the only time the governor has talked to the press at all has been for five minutes in a parking lot last week. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's a chaotic transition. And, by the way, you know, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, you and I could have said, well, I think I did say this to you, John, uh, the transition's pretty chaotic. But, you know, it's a short it, – it, it, it's been, you know, a very short time, and nobody saw this necessarily coming – now we're, you know, we're going to go in, we have a whole nother week. It's likely potentially next week we see uh, the governor end up on the Senate agenda for, for confirmation. But they have now had a pretty significant amount of time. You know, we're, we're going to be going on five, six weeks since we learned that, that, that she was going to be, you know, named to be the Commerce Secretary. So the, yep. the transition, there's really no excuse for uh, having uh, such a chaotic transition right now. Now, Dan McGowan, you have, folks, it's a great story in the Boston Globe, how Rhode Island went from best in COVID-19 testing to worst in the vaccine distribution. Have you been able to uncover where is this falling short? Because it and I don't know who's at fault, but it almost seems as though they don't have a handle. You tell me, but uh, they don't know where the, or the number of vaccines that they've been given. They don't know whether they've been administered or how many that CVS and Walgreens still has them. It almost seems that they don't have a proper tracking mechanism to be able to tell you, here's how many we still have, here's how many we gave out in like like an inventory situation. But what have you found out? Well, I think that's exactly, that's part of the, the big problem. And, and I should say, well, I would love folks to read my story, which is in the paper today. Yeah. Uh, I think Ch Channel 12 did a good job on a story that really laid this specific issue out, which is, you know, they're, they're, the state is not, the state is historically, at least during, throughout the year, has been so good about pinpointing almost everything that's happening. Here's where the tests are happening. Here's where, you know, here's where the most, positive cases are, I mean, right down to zip codes, you know, you're, you're getting all this information. And now when you start to ask about the state numbers, first of all, you, you know, you, we're all relying on these, uh, the CDC and then the New York Times data that is, you know, processed and you see, that's where you see the Rhode Island uh, is, you know, far behind. In fact, in some cases, the worst in the country when it comes to uh, the, the number or the percentage of doses uh, used, which is very low, and then the percentage of residents who have gotten um, uh, at least the first dose of the vaccine. What the state is still not answering us is, you know, is what's happening to those unused doses. Now, one thing Dr. McDonald, the you know medical director at the Department of Health, said to me was he can assure us that you're not seeing, don't think that everything is being wasted, that it's not, it doesn't go used and then it completely, you know, it, it, you know, goes off to the side. You can't ever use it. He says, that's very rare, but in assuring me that he still doesn't have the, the great answer for, well, why isn't more of this happening? You nailed one of the reasons that, that they use, which is, you know, a lot of this was allocated to both CVS and Walgreens, who were handling some of the nursing home um, uh, vaccinations. And so they needed to have kind of excess uh, vaccine on hand. 
okay, that makes sense. But now we're a couple of weeks past all of those nursing home vaccinations. We're into that 75 and older range, and we're still not seeing the the, the needle move. Um, and, and I think that's where I think that's why you see Dan McKee so frustrated. And now, as as you start to get into you know, I, I think within days you're going to see a 65 and older um, population be allowed to start getting this. And the the wider this gets, the wider the net gets, the more the state wants to allow cities and towns to kind of control things. And that's where things go way off the rails, right? Because it it, it becomes, you know, where am I going to do this? And, and you know, do I have the right cap- the capacity to, to make it all happen? And residents start to flood all the city and town halls saying, hey, when can I get my vaccine? I heard I could get it from you. Um, And so I think while I do think things will get better because I think you'll have more vaccine, I do think the next couple of weeks are going to be pretty turbulent. Folks, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. So, Dan, last Thursday, I'm in there in the briefing. Now, I'm, you know, hearing from the mayors, uh, certainly in Warwick and Cranston, that it's not going well. I have in front of me the New York Times saying we're the you know worst in the nation, and then Dr. Scott gets up, and uh, and and it's it's like you're like a different land. Like she gives the whole rah rah speech. Do you think couple things? Do you think number one that she feels torn to still almost like loyalty to Governor Mundo and give this whole rosy outlook? Things are going tremendous, and I can't get believe they start thanking people. We want to thank this one's been doing great. This one. So I asked Dan McKee the question about. The, the whole New York Times ranking on the vaccine simply because this is my I, I just don't feel Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott is very obviously talented, but I just don't think she answers questions. Um, wh- what do you make of the whole? Is, is that something that behind the scenes he knows it's a problem, but the Raimondo people are maybe still trying to like give the thumbs up that all's all is well? Not only does he know it's a problem, the Raimondo people know it's a problem. I mean, they're, they're, okay. they, they are smart people. They know that this is. Uh, you know, a, a big challenge. And this reminds me of the, the if you talk to cops. Who's at fault then? Well, who's good, at fault then? good question. I mean, that's the thing is we, what we don't know is who's, who do we point the finger at? What the state says, right. what, the, what, what the state says is basically, look, you know, we took an, a, a different approach than other states, other states, uh, the, especially the ones that did the best, West Virginia so far, places like that, which are not always health uh, epicenters by any means, you know, went first come, first serve, whereas Rhode Island didn't take that approach. The question that I've asked, though, and haven't got a very clear answer on is, in hindsight, do you wish you went in a different direction? Because, again, don't, like, you know, it's not just you and I or, or the media who, who looks at these numbers and say and says, boy, we're doing really bad. Make no mistake about it. Gina Raimondo is incredibly proud of being first with vaccines for a while or uh, uh, testing for a while with, you know, being first on schools, all those things. And so now that the kind of the table has turned, they're trying to kind of show this optimistic uh, view, but they know that the, the same data they've relied on to for praise is now coming back to bite them. Folks, quick break. A lot more. Dean McGowan, you could read that story in the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, your colleague Ed Fitzpatrick had a good story regarding uh, incoming Governor Dan McGowan. 